adolescence is awkward, if not downright painful. What an ambush of physical, emotional, and social change. You could get walloped with the exhilaration of new love, a heady political argument with your parents, and some peer pressure to play hooky, the wonder of a falling star, and a hideous zit on your nose all in one day. Looking good, athletic prowess, and membership in the right clique feel urgent. Those teen friendships, rejections, failures, and successes have such a profound impact on self-concept that, in a way, no one ever leaves high school entirely behind. Pierce of Mind Podcast presents Before I Go, The Adolescent Years, with your host, Matt Pierce. All right, here we are, episode number four. Um, Honestly, this has been really crazy. Every day we drop one of these, I get more feedback, and it's all been super positive. Um, so that we're four in is crazy because I feel like we're actually a lot further than that. But we're just kind of scratching the surface of this book we got, right? Yeah, yeah, we're at the beginning. So I think this—I mean, this podcast could last a while, and I love it because I really can't tell you. Like yesterday, we had the most downloads that we've had since we started this in the first day, which excites me. And I know how many people I'm sharing it with, and I see how many downloads. So people are sharing it, or people are coming across it somehow. And it's not huge numbers, but I don't care about that, right? There's only two people I really care about this for. But there is a feeling of like, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I know there are two people in particular that this is for, but I think it means a lot for you know people like your mom to hear this stuff, and like, I think you love telling your yeah, story. no, I definitely do. Um, and you're 100% right. This isn't just for Kaylee and Trevor. Those are the most the most important people I've been doing this for. And then there's the selfish, right? I'm doing it for myself because you're right. I love talking about myself. So this is kind of like right in my uh, wheelhouse. Um, but, yeah, I am excited that the people I love are hearing this. Um, I'm sure it all won't be as easy as it has been, and there will probably be, like, some things either frustrate people with me or, I, you know, who knows? Maybe people are just like, oh, I can't believe you were like that. And they just, you know. But I feel like it's important that I'm putting my whole, like, se- like myself out there in as honest a way as possible. Because at the end of the day, like, at some point this will be all there's left of me, right? And I don't see any value of putting BS out there. Because I'm going to be dead, so who, what, who am I going to, like, what's it going to matter? So for me, I think that's one of the exciting points. This is almost like therapy in a way, because I do get to kind of just be completely myself, tell it how I remember it, and that's why I always recommend like, hey, if you were in any of these stories or you remember any of these, and I said it incorrectly, let me know because I know that there are things that I have rem- misremembered or that like people say never happened. And there's a couple of those stories I'm like, I remember them clearly happening. So why, you know, if I was in therapy, I'd dig into that like, oh, well, why am I remembering it that way? Yeah. My siblings and I remember things very differently as well. Well, yeah, it's so this has been honestly fun and refreshing and I'm excited to jump into today. Uh, Again, I want to thank Kyle for the intro. Uh, He's going to do some more of those for us. But and, you know, we'll we'll probably there's a couple other people we have who are going to do some of those as well. But I'm I just. I just, again, before we get started, as I say this every show or at the end of every show lately, 
thank everybody who listens and takes the time to listen. And if you share it, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. This is literally a passion project for me. And the passion is growing greater and greater every episode. So um, I want to keep these going. You know, and to me, like I said, I love that people are listening, but I don't need people to listen. And I think that's what makes this podcast so easy for me is I'm not worried about catching people's attention, but yet it is. So it's kind of, it's kind of like you only meet the right person, right? When you're not trying. Yeah. When you're not looking. When, you're when I'm looking for, for a rebound. rebound. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, if you were to ask me, like, when are you going to meet the right person? Probably when I'm just trying to get laid. Right? And I have no desire for, like, intimate connections. So I've heard. <laughs> All right. Well, where are we going to go with today, babe? All right. Well, so we left off talking about your adolescence, um, your square pizza, your uh, no-bake cookies, kind of who you sat with at lunch. Um, we talked a lot about you wanting to be popular and how much it meant to you, but I want you to like describe your group of friends, who they were, like what, where did they fit in? You know, were they jocks? Were they nerds? Were they, you know, did they not really fall into any category? Just tell, tell us about your friends, your group of friends in your team. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I had a pretty, what I think is an eclectic group of friends from multi- Whatever you want to call them, clicks or, you know, social statuses. Um, I kind of had friends a little bit everywhere. And, um, but before I get into that, I wonder, that just reminded me of something you talked about uh, that actually brought some stuff back from the other pot that brought conversation from the last podcast. No baked cookies and the square pizzas. Like, th- this is, I've got, I've had like a 45 minute conversation on Marco Polo with Nikki and Kyle about fucking no bake cookies and how we can't replicate that texture and taste. Uh, and that's one, another, one of my favorite things about this show is that it's bringing up the most random conversations and I'm, and those in themselves could probably be some sort of podcast, but I just love it. Um, all right, let me get back to my friends now. I have. So there was like a group I remember, right? Uh, and so they were kind of mixed up. So you have Butler, right? John, John Butler. Yeah. And he. Butler never lies. I mean, he literally is probably the reason. The reason we almost are best friends and family is because we are opposite, complete opposites. You can't hear me at all? Now I can. Yeah, it will. No, it might do that, and I'm sorry if it does. Uh, but the reason, like, we are complete opposites, right, me and Butler, and I think that's honestly what has made our friendship so phenomenal because the guy never lies. Like, he's truthful to a fault. Uh, I remember one time I was sitting in jail, right, one of my little four-day stints in jail, and uh, which, oh, my God, that was like, you just thought I'd done 20 years the way I felt about it. But I remember calling Butler because the situation that I was in, I knew that I was pretty much in some trouble, even though I didn't do shit. It's like one of those TV shows where everything was set up just right. And like, I was happy to be at the the wrong place at the right time. And I was lured to that place. But like it all kind of, you know, it was looking bad for me. So I called Butler and I'm nervous. And I'm like, dude, 
I think I could be in some real trouble here. And what I needed in that moment was, uh, oh, no, you're going to be all right, dude. You'll get through this. We'll power through. The truth will come out. So forth and so on, right? Yeah. And what I got was, yeah, man, that really sucks. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Butler. But on the flip side, he's also the guy who, when my car broke down, you know, 45 minutes from home, he came and got me, even though it was a huge inconvenience. And I think even interrupted like a dinner with his soon to be an in-law. So he's the guy who will not tell you what you want to hear all the time, but it'll be there when you need him to be there. Um, I, I really love Butler in the sense that he's so goal oriented. Like he always said, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And he's went out and accomplished it. Like he, like, I know he wanted to be a doctor and that didn't work out. I think it's because he had chemistry issues. But, like, then he set a new goal, and he became good at it, and he found out what he was good at, and he chased it, and it never made sense to me, honestly, a lot of the time because I've always been about having fun and enjoying my life and not really thinking about when I'm 60 or 70, and Butler's always seemed to have that path and stuck to it. Um, so he's, you know, he's kind of been uh, a model for me, I guess, what I should be, like how I should be in life. And although I haven't followed it directly, he's definitely kept me to where I didn't go to the dark side, basically. You know, I didn't get into some. He's, he's influenced you. Enough. Absolutely. Just enough to where I still fucked up. I still made some mistakes. I still did some dumb shit. But being around him, and I'd like to think that him being around me on the flip side made him do things like that he wouldn't normally do or be more social in places he wouldn't be social uh, I think about like just a few years ago, I'm looking at uh, the pictures on the wall. We got those fans are uniting from when Butler and I went to the Monday night game against the Jets, right? And that's just not Butler's scene. Like he's not the tailgate scene, at least not the Butler I know, right? And, but he seemed to be having a really good time letting me lead the way. And, you know, maybe that's part of it. The selfishness of it, our friendship is I can be the boisterous one getting the attention, bringing the attention to myself. And Butler doesn't need that. I think on a selfish way, it's maybe it's like maybe I'm the hot girl bringing the ugly girl best friend to the party. So all the guys will say how hot I am. Is that bad? Yeah, that's kind of bad. All right. Well, maybe we should delete that. Should I just flip you off yeah. now on Butler's behalf? Yeah. No, well, no, I'm not saying I did kind of say he's an ugly girl, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Okay, Butler. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. It was it was a bad. He's just not as outgoing. Yeah, as you it was are, a bad I think example. Is what you were getting at, but yeah, you said it really shitty. <laughs> All right, hit the record button. We'll start this song bitch again. Oh, that was dumb. Uh, he knows what I mean, and it's you know it is what it is. But he allows me to just kind of be the idiot and dote the attention, and because I like to be the center of attention, we all know that. And then you know. The other person who probably is up there with Butler, I don't call her family because, okay, it's got to be honest. Like, you can't be family with people you would sleep with, right? Because that's weird. And so, Nikki, if you're out there, I love you, Nikki. Uh, But my friend Nikki, um, she, and it's funny because we should call her and see exactly how uh, we got, she got in my life because... I don't know, like, I know key things like the green tomato incident where I got popped with a tomato in the head, and I'll let Nikki tell that story because I think she, 
I don't remember it all the way. The fog brain. You think we should call her and see if she knows when we like when we actually started hanging out? Yeah. Let's fucking do it. Just edit it. No, we're not going to edit. We're like literally going to call her right now, live on the show, and just see what happens. Nikki Thomas. This is what you get with Matt Pierce. What do you think? Should I call her on the phone or should I FaceTime her? You do you, boo. I don't know. Well, okay. Hello. Oh, here we go. Oh, she just straight hung up on me. Well, maybe she's busy. They're very social. Maybe they're doing the horse. All right. Yeah, it's about horsey time. Yeah, it's 521. They're probably feeding the horse. All right, maybe she'll call me back. I'll text her. Um, And then we'll get back to this. But Nikki, uh, I better do this because I will never. This is not where I'm like. Nikki Thomas. FaceTime me if you get a second. All right. See, this is what happens when you're just going with the flow. Anyhow, so Nikki is like, this is the flip side. Like, she's the person. I think we're very similar. Like, I will say that they're like, I feel that we're, in a lot of ways, we're very similar. But what's great about Nikki is a lot of things. Um, Besides it, like, I can be completely honest with her. I don't have to agree with her. So she's like, her and Butler are like friends that, if I completely disagree with a political view, a life view, whatever, I can tell them and not have to worry about, oh, I'm not, they're not going to want to be my friend or they're going to, like, stop talking to me. Never happened with Nikki. Like, and the great thing is, like, Nikki and I have done this. We could go years without talking. I remember when Kyle, she first moved down to, uh, is it North Carolina? Or the Marine yeah, trains? I think so. When they first moved down there, I mean, we probably went two or three years without talking, probably two years. And then forever, on a whim, one day, I picked up the phone and just gave her a call, or I texted her, who knows. Uh, and I remember this, because I was, was in Utah, and I was so excited to talk to her that I pulled over in a church. And we talked for, like, two hours. Just catching up over dumb stuff. Like, nothing like, you know, obviously we caught up on, like, how she ended up getting down there, all that. But it was like, we didn't drop, like, nothing. Like, we, it was almost like we just talked yesterday. And I love that about that friendship and that I can be open about everything I am, whether it be like everything, sexually, religious, like political. political. There's no judgment from her whatsoever. And I know that she doesn't always agree what I do. And I remember, honestly, with my first marriage um, to Deb, like she was a lot of times she was the one going, hey, you're being a real asshole right now. Oh yeah, she's not shy and she's she's very outspoken like you. She'll yeah. walk up to she walked up to complete strangers in a bar and hello, my name's Nicole. Who are you cheering for? Like, and that's where I think we're like though, is we can kind of talk to anybody at any time yeah. and we'll make it work. Yeah, she's very confident or seems that way. She probably has real confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I have like not, not your I have like made up or I used to have this thing called liquid courage. But with the whole liver thing, I can't drink anymore. 
And I kind of missed that. You didn't drink a lot, though. Yeah. You would just drink big. Yeah, when I did drink, I binged. Yeah. Because I never felt like there was, like, to me, it's if you're going to get drunk or if you're going to drink, the only reason I'm drinking is to get hammered and to have the best time. So going to a party, uh, we used to go, I remember me, Sean, and Linda used to go. Thomas, Nikki Thomas, or two others. Nikki. What's up, Chief? Hey, uh, I just got to ask you a question because we're we're recording right now. Um, <laughs> I need a wh- – how and when did we actually meet? So I can't remember the exact details. I just like – for me, I just always remember you kind of like being there. Like I don't remember a time, honestly, where you weren't in my life, but I know that time existed. So I'm thinking like junior high had to be it. It was junior high. It was totally junior high because uh, that's when I met Karen. And I met you because I met Karen. That makes Um, sense. So that would have been it. But here's something interesting. Remember how you were like, because I went to Roosevelt and and you went to that one by your house, which is my house, is technically what you said. But um, I actually went to Roosevelt for kindergarten and first grade, but you wouldn't have been there yet. Oh, but I would have been because I had to do first grade there. I wasn't there for kindergarten, but when I got expelled from Young, wow! I had to go to, that's how I got to Roosevelt, because they had a, a class for kids with disciplinary issues. So I was in the same class all day long with the same little people getting in trouble, and, like, we could get spanked and everything. So I definitely could have passed. We could have passed, cross pass. My sweet little baby, Matt, getting in trouble. You're such an angel, my darling. They had you typed all wrong. You know, I think people just like to put drama on me. And (laughs) I try to bring, like, you know, calmness and happiness to situations. But people just want to make me look bad. Building bridges. Always building bridges. Yeah, I'm always trying to build bridges. Yeah, but what do you build those bridges with? Love. Cotton balls. And caring cotton balls. Love and caring and trust and uh, goodwill. I know you too well, so <laughs> don't I pull that crap on me. <laughs> um, no, but it was definitely in junior high. So um, junior- out of in junior high. Because were you, I, you were not part of the group who went to Spring Hill, right? No, I went to Spring Hill. So, well, did you go to Shrop then? No, I did not go to Shrop. See, I went to Shrop first, and then they closed it, and then they sent us all to Spring. Oh, yeah. So you're part of that incoming. That's right. When everything went sour, when they brought yeah. all the Shrop kids to ruin our right. lives. We, totally. We screwed everything up with all of our rich kids. Yeah. Rich, uh, Lakemore money. Lakemore and your big dollar <laughs> lives, making us sorry would people feel small. I remember not. That makes yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I didn't know you went to Strop. I would have thought for sure. Wow. See, that's why we called you, because I didn't have the answer. Well, now you do. And we're talking about my friend group, and I was talking about Butler, and then I started talking about you. And I was like, I, we literally could have been friends since kindergarten. You could have told me that right now, and I'd have totally agreed with you. Because, like, I just don't remember a time when you weren't in my life. See, the way that I see it is when you meet somebody who's just amazing and, like, they're clearly, like, somebody who's just, like, your brand of stardust 
Like they've always just been there. Like they just always been there. Even before you met, like you were always there in spirit. And that's what I'm like for people. So I really feel that. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree and I love your confidence. <laughs> I'm so humble. <laughs> yeah. you're the. Hey, by the way, before I let you go, did you try your, did you guys make no bakes today? We didn't, but I did buy peanut butter to make it. I was going to do it after Kyle got back from court. Oh, because I really want to know. We got to solve this consistency. He, you need to try multiple butters. I need to figure out this consistency issue. Okay. Okay. Uh, you need to get me a list of different kinds of butters you want me to try. It well, with. margarine, regular butter. What other kind of butters is there, Kim? Ooh, yeah, I feel like that's too fancy for the schools. Remember, I went, I mean, Spring Hill was in the ghetto. You probably need, you probably need government butter. Government. I bet government you it was butter. government butter. <laughs> She's probably a hundred percent correct. I mean, half you know the people. Government butter is just yellow government cheese. Probably, that's probably a hundred percent. Here's the deal: I grew up on all that stuff, and it was all delicious. You, you will, no one will ever tell me that there is a peanut butter better than the government peanut butter. It was the best. That's what we need to do. We need to get the government peanut butter. That's probably the case here. If it needs, to, it's got to have like tax money all involved in it. What I need to do is this take twenty five percent of everything that Kyle makes and just rub it all over the peanut butter, and then make the things and we solve it. And it'll be perfect. And then we'll like that'll be so perfect. And then we'll have our ten cent no bake cookies yeah. from the past. Yeah, that that I dream about. And oh I, man, I dream about like I've got five bucks. How many cookies can I buy? I gotta get up there and buy them before they sell out. This is literally shit that keeps me up at night. Oh yeah, I used to break it down like, all right, I have this much money. How much? How many no bake cookies? And I feel like that is a direct reflection on my current financial responsibility level because <laughs> I'm like, I have this much money. How many no bake cookies? I'm. I thought you were gonna say your current physical level too. Kim, it's too soon. Oh, yeah. That is 100% legit. <laughs> All right. I'll let you go, buddy. Thank you. No worries, Steve. Enjoy the rest of your podcast. I will. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, Junior High, that makes sense. So, that's what happened, actually. So, there used to be two. There was two. Uh, this is such, like, poor kid, rich kid in my mind, like how I, like how I had it. There was two. Junior highs, there was Shrop, which I always thought was where the, like, Richie fancy kids went, which is where Amy Bauer went, who was probably, like, my first ever crush. Um, And then there was Spring Hill, which I always thought was, like, where the ghetto Sorrywood people went or, like, the Akron people went. And But, yeah, at some point, Shrop shut. They decided to shut Shop Shrop down. Oh, my God, say that 17 times fast. And they melded the two schools. And that's when we got, like, everybody came. And part of me was excited because then there were, like, certain people I was excited to, hang, like, get to have class with. But I was none too excited uh, that our school was getting ruined by the rich kids. I can imagine. Hashtag, hashtag rich kid, poor kid. Well, so you obviously stay in touch with Nikki. And we've said you stay in, you stay in touch with Butler. And then, I'm sorry, I talked over you. I do. Well, you keep answering my questions before I get to them. Um, so who else do you keep in touch with? And then the second part of that question is, who from your adolescence or from your teen years do you wish you were still or you had stayed in touch with? 
So uh, there's the Bumbleos, who I keep in touch with James probably the most. And, you know, I'm and, – and it's weird because the Bumbleos, where they grew up, like basically one street over from me. And they were awesome. But they were also very different. Like, they just came up different. They were super strong. They were, uh, I don't know, not that that matters, but that's just kind of like how I remember them. But they're, they were just different. Um, and Danny and I became really good friends. James and I were friends, but it was like on and off. Because James was more of like the rebel, the one probably getting, like doing more things that would probably get you in trouble. James was smart as hell, don't get me wrong. Some people would argue that. And some days so would I. Uh, but in all honesty, he was smart. And then their sister, Tammy, who she just kind of hung around with Angie, John's little sister, and uh, this girl, Kelly Heyman. Um, so those guys were like everyday people. Uh, I think of a friend who unfortunately is gone, Brandon Heyman, uh, who we lost, um, man, what, five, six years ago now? What a terrible phone call. I remember Butler called me about that because him and Butler were like, probably like me and Butler. Like yeah. Butler had two really great best friends, I think, and, and myself and then Brandon, and Brandon Heyman. Now, he may tell it different, but that's just my perspective. Him and Brandon were super close. They did a lot together. They, uh, Brandon came up in a, a household that was, Probably chaotic like mine is the best way to explain it, in my opinion. There was definitely chaos there. and uh, But I remember getting that call from Butler saying that Brandon had, you know, taken his life, and that was... I'd had people die, like, that we grew up with. Like, in junior high, we had a kid commit suicide, hung himself. But I wasn't, like, good friends with that guy. And there's a couple more that either got murdered or committed suicide... I knew them. I passed with them. I'd had conversations with them, but they weren't like everyday parts of my life. Yeah. Uh, so Brandon, even though he passed, uh, and we weren't really talking much when he passed, like in our childhood, again, like almost every day, playing sports with him, playing baseball. He loved the Washington Redskins. Um. I don't think it was the Eagles. Maybe it was the Eagles. No, I'm pretty sure it was the Redskins. I feel like he had that Redskins starter jacket. Maybe it was an Eagles starter jacket. I'm terrible with that stuff. But uh, he's a fun guy. He kind of would do things like uh, we had a lot of fun nights at Brandon's. Uh, we would spend the night there. A lot of times his parents didn't know we were spending the night because like, it was like his parents kind of hung out upstairs all the time. And... We were downstairs and, like, listening to, like, Brandon really loved, like, death metal. And I didn't really love his music choices for the most part. Some songs, like, you get into, like, Rage Against the Machine, stuff like that. I think of Brandon. But I really, and I like that song. But for the most part, I didn't like his music. But I just like being around the guys. Uh, It was always loud over there because of the music and whatever. Always watching ESPN. um, Playing hacky sack, stuff like that. Probably first place I really... Uh, saw like weed and stuff like that outside of my own home. It was just hectic, but we would, we'd go there and it was like, Oh, and then his dad would come down. I'm like, Oh, why are there all these people? 
people still here. Oh, we'll be leaving soon. We weren't leaving. No, I mean, there were some days where we'd get booted out. And like, I remember the one time, the greatest, one of the greatest sleeps I ever had was Brandon's dad was pissed off, right? So we're like, oh, we got to go, right? Our welcome mat has ended. I remember telling Danny Mumble, we got to go. And he's like, dude, where are we going to go? It's like three in the morning or like, you know, something like that. And uh, I was like, I don't know, but we got to go. So we got this great idea that we're going to go sleep in these. Uh, they're just doing, uh, they were doing construction work on the side of the road. So we decided that we were going to sleep in, like they had these like square uh, things that you could like sit in. I got, we'll lay in one of these. So that wasn't comfortable. So then we snuck into Brandon's garage. And I'm telling you, honey, he had a couch. And I sat down on that couch. And I don't know if it was just exhaustion because, you know, at that point, we're running 24-7, catching naps when we can. That was just my life. And I slept on that fucking couch, honey. And I remember waking up, and me and Danny were kind of leaning against each other to hold each other up. But it was like one of the greatest sleeps I ever had in my entire life. And I remember waking up and I'm thinking like, you know, when you wake up and then you kind of got to remember where you're at, (laughs) exactly you're there. I remember waking up so refreshed and feeling so good and just kind of looking around like, why why am I here? And it took a few minutes to get, put the whole story together. Uh, But Brandon's house was just kind of like a secondary spot where it got me out of going home, right? Because I hated going home or being at the house. But it was, it was just kind of like, and Brandon had an older brother who like his friends would come over. So we'd see the older kids doing stuff and getting, you know, seeing how that all went down. Uh, that was kind of my, the Bumbleos, Brandon and Butler and Nikki in a different way. But those guys were like my core every day. I'm going to see these people every day. We went to the same bus stop. I think of a guy named Ron Clouser live behind me. Ron and I were like acquaintances, right? Like we were always cool, but we weren't like, Oh, Hey, come hang out. We lived completely separate lives. He literally lived right behind me, uh, by the sand pit and never a lot of animosity, but also not like world buddies, but he would hang out with us. Um, I think my mom, if I think about like my mom, I can only imagine what she thought of my friends. That was my next question. What did your parents think of them? Did they get along or your mom was never home a lot because she worked a ton? Mom has always worked a lot. Um, so it was mostly junior. I think they thought he was cool because he was good at running his mouth and telling bullshit stories. So like he had a, you know, talk about a car salesman. Like, so I think on some, and they would like, he would like give them the ones that smoked when we were a little older, he would give them cigarettes so, you know, he was more trying to be like the cool guy and not really like, you know, the parental adult. So I think they probably liked him. I don't think he, I think he just wanted to be cool with everybody. So he was like the cool parent. Yeah. Okay. I want to jump back real quick. You said, you said something a minute ago that uh, it's kind of one of the spinoffs I have for you. Uh, you mentioned Amy. What was her last name? Bauer. Amy Bauer. Yeah. She was your first crush? First crush ever. How old do you think you were? Oh, I can tell you. I was in first grade. Jeez. <laughs> it was... Nah, that's a lot. Because it was probably because I came back to... You know, it was definitely... Because I knew her from baseball somehow. And then... And I'm sorry if I get ahead of you. No, you're 
But I knew Amy somehow she's a friend with a friend with a baseball. So maybe first grade, but then like like we went back to young in like what fourth, fifth grade, and that's when it really triggered. And then uh junior high, and then what really sucked, right? So she came over with that, like Nikki said, that comment because she went to shrop. And I was so sad because I was like, Oh, I'm never gonna see her again. I remember in fifth grade graduation going. First off, I looked down her shirt. The first shirt I probably ever looked down. And, but like. Sorry, Amy. Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too, Amy. I apologize. But she's turned out to have a pretty darn good life down in Texas. Uh, But she was my first crush. Oh, and here's why. Because she was the first girl who was super nice to me. Even though I had like my pig nose, you know, the stuff people were making fun of me for or just my awkwardness. Or at that time, like, I didn't have, like, the social skills that I have today, which I'm not saying are the greatest ever, but I think they're pretty decent. I did, They were not there. And Amy was always nice to me. She gave me her number, and I don't know why, poor girl, because. I'm sure you used it a lot. <laughs> hey, what's up? I know I just saw you 10 minutes ago at school. What are you doing today? <laughs> uh, Yeah, and she was just always super sweet about it. Here's, here's you want to hear an embarrassing story? So Amy, if we find out Amy is going, her, her mom's moving, whatever. I don't know. God, who knows? But they're, they're moving like down in Texas. And this is, uh, you think of watching like, uh, what's the astronaut movie with the kid that wears the astronaut helmet? Wonder. Yeah. Think of watching Wonder and how I cried. Times like five, whatever reason. Once I found out that Amy was moving out, right? Uh, it, it really messed with me emotionally. I remember like laying in bed listening to things like Meatloaf, like I would do anything for love, or like or like the Journey song, like, "Don't Stop," and and like just crying my eyes out in bed listening to this tape player. Over a girl who I was just nice to me. Like, and then we, she could care. She had zero desire to like, I mean, a, we were like, like I said, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. So you're not really like having real super relationships. Anyways, we had no relationship. Anyways, I was simply a, a friend and I was soul broken that she was leaving. And so I'm, we're having an award ceremony in school. Like, you know, at the end of the year, like, oh, so-and-so's got perfect attendance for 37 years because they don't have any life or whatever. Um, I was in that auditorium bawling my eyes out and everybody who was anybody knew why I was crying. And I remember she got an award for something and it was like, <laughs> sad, man. <laughs> And you know, this led to some serious teasing and just evilness from my peers, which I would probably do myself today, but it was bad. And so she ended up moving to Texas. Um, honestly, I didn't really talk to her at all. Fast forward, Facebook comes out and she's a friend of a friend on Facebook. So I Facebook friend her. And to this day, she's still the same girl. I mean, like I watched her on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Super like outgoing. Seems like she's living a like she's living her best life. 
But like still, anytime I like send a note, just say, hey, how you doing? It's quick, it's short, it's direct, but it's never like rude. I never feel like it's like I'm bothering, bothering her. And I'm like, man, this girl just, what a soul. Yeah, heart of gold, soul of gold. Um, yeah, that was my first crush. And then I pretty much just, I mean, I could go on for days with crushes because I tend to get into it pretty, like. Pretty deep. Yeah. You love hard. You fight it, but, like, when you decide to, like, love somebody, you love very hard, very deeply. And how would you know anything about that, kid? I don't know. I don't know. I've been the easiest person for you ever to love. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, honey. Uh, so I'm trying to decide which way to go here. Cause I kind of want to keep on this same adolescent. You bring who, it. Who was your first kiss? First was kiss. It Amy? No, I never, there was never anything. Only in, your dreams. only in my dreams. I was like, this is the one I'm going to marry her. Lock this up in fifth grade. <laughs> I'm going to have the best life. Uh, my first kiss is a tough one. Honestly, I'd say the first one I remember, and it was probably, and this is like high school, junior, ah, probably junior high because I got the job at the skating rink. Uh, my first kiss that I can remember, well, there's two. <laughs> one I'm not very proud of. Um, there was, I worked at the high school for like a summer job because I was always about making that money <laughs> because I like to have my own shit. Nice clothes. Yeah. So... There was this one one girl who I will say that probably she was a little socially deficient. Um, she I kissed her, and she was probably like I was 14 or 15, and she was like 18, 19. But the one I really remember was this girl, Corinne. And I, um, I don't know if I should say everyone's last name because, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a small world yeah. around that. So we'll just say Corinne. Uh, she was not only the first girl I can remember kissing and I remember kissing her. She, I met her at an all night skate when I was working at the roller rink and I met her because she was dating Bobby. They had met at the same all night skate and they were dating. And I was like, you know, cocky Matt wearing my custom skates. I was like, I think I do better for this girl. So somehow I orchestrated a hostage takeover of Bobby's relationship. And now Corinne and I were in love. Like I remember talking on the phone with her after like that night. We would talk all the time after school. I'd call her and she's like, oh, we're going to get our pictures taken together. Her mom was going to take us to that. What was that snazzy place? Glamour shots. Yeah. <laughs> get couples pictures. Like we were like one all night skating. We were just in it. Wow. And I remember kissing her. I thought you and I went fast. I mean, we did go pretty. I, I, I tend to move quickly. <laughs> yes, you do. I, I have a, like, I have a, a, a pattern pattern that one could argue has been very successful considering we've been together nine years, married for five. Yeah. Uh, other times, maybe I had to test it before I got to you. <laughs> there had to be some, uh, you know, trial and errors. But I remember kissing her against this racing game. Uh, like it was, it might've been pole position, but I don't think it was pole position. It was something, uh, where it had the pedals and everything it was awesome. I kissed her up against that, which was not like a, you know, the, the first time, like we really like locked, locked in yeah. was if you go to the skating rink, Springfield skating rink, 
the last I recall, right? It in the back had a dance floor, and that was really like the makeout spot, okay. right? That's where you're gonna go, you get your makeout on, and that's and, and all night skates. That's maybe when you got to like third base if you were smooth. Like it was like people would dance at the beginning of the all night skates, but it was pretty much like the place you went to like crash out because you were wore out, and no one would fuck with you. Or if you wanted to like get some touchy feely time. That was the spot. Jeez. Oh, so we were back there on the dance floor. So no floor. wonder you were always there. I loved skating. like And touchy-feely time. If you look at my like passions throughout life, skating, poker, podcasting, they're all about the social aspect. I love interacting with people. I love talking to people, getting to know people. And those things all were like uh, avenues for me to make that happen. So... Corinne's probably the first one I remember back there on the dance floor. And we'd already like kissed a couple times, you know, like the little pecs and I just went for it. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Like I'm a terrible kisser. Um, I know this cause Corinne told me so <laughs> like matter of fact, she ended up telling me Butler was a better kisser <laughs> years later when her and Butler dated. She, I remember her telling me, man, John's a much better kisser than you. And I was like, Okay, well, fuck you too, right? Like, you don't, do you really tell people that? That's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 guess what she was. Take a guess. What she was? Is yeah. She like a lesbian or something? No, she's a fucking ginger. Oh. <laughs> you, I shouldn't be surprised. Gingers are brutal, brutal humans. But yeah, she was probably the You're first. To yeah, I am. Oh, gingers are super hot. But yeah, that was probably the first one I kissed. Yeah, that didn't really, I mean, I feel like I never had money to date. Like, the closest thing to me with dating was the roller rinks, the relationships I had at the roller rink. I don't actually recall going on, like, a. and here's a, oh, by the way, did I just have a breakthrough? There it is. All of my dates, I remember, anytime I would ask a girl out to a date, uh, it was always out to food. You know, and I think dinner dates are the worst dates, period. Yeah. And for first dates anyways. But, yeah, I remember, like, they were always like, oh, can I take you out for a burger? Do you want to go get a burger? You know. Movies are worse because you can't talk. It's like awkward because you don't want to, like, hold hands when you haven't had any time to, like, get to know each other. Yeah, movies are a bad first date. I think first dates should be. A walk in the park. Or- yeah, something where you're forced to, like. Be mobile, forced to interact. So, like, like you said, like a walk in the park. That silence is terrible. So, um, but I suck at small talk too. Like, I want to go straight for like your life. I could really give a fuck. Oh, do you come here often? I thought you were gonna say I want to go straight for your pants. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I wouldn't say that, but I would say that. <laughs> I'm very much like, I would say, I've always been like the first time I meet a female. My first question is, do I want to have sex with this person? Which is probably some unhealthy thing I need to cover in therapy. What was your first instinct on me? Because I, I first flirted with you on Plenty of Fish. Well, that's different. 
because we had interacted, like you said, via text and other things before we met in person. Uh, but still, I was like, when I seen pictures of you, that was my first thought was like, do I want to make, do, do I want to like have this happen? And obviously the answer was yes, because I let you rape me on our first date. But, <laughs> Lies. but uh, no, like, yeah, that's interesting. We should try and talk about that in therapy sometime. Like every time, honestly, probably even to this day, like when I meet a woman, it's how am do I want to have sex with this girl? And and that completely defines how I'm going to interact with them. Because if I want to have sex with them, I'm going to be somebody I'm completely not. Because I'm like, nobody really wants Matt Pierce. Who was the first person you went study with? It was probably Corinne. Uh, or Corey. It was funny because there's some, there's like, there's a Corinne who was my first kiss and the girl who I, by the way, also the reason that uh, we broke up the first time of 87 ish times that we broke up and started going back out uh, was because I cheated on her because she didn't come to the skating rink one night. And this girl, Amber was feeling me like she had been feeling me for a while. And she had been like, kind of like, now remember I'm 13 to 15 years old. Yeah. I don't have my license yet. I know that much. Yeah, you were you were walking, huffing it back and forth. Yeah. Skating rink on foot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on rare occasion, Junior would drop me off or Mom would, but the most part, I had to go down, walk past Brandon's house, go through Murderer's Row, basically through this little wooded area, which wasn't bad when the sun was up, but going home at like 10 o'clock at night always freaked me out. So... Uh, yeah, it's probably, it's probably Corinne, but then there was this other Corinne who I ended up hooking up with a long time afterwards, but she was kind of like another one of those like bigger crushes, but she would never, she wanted Bobby, her and Bobby dated for a long time. She wanted Bobby and that's just what it was. So we never like nothing ever happened, but I remember she was like my first slow dance, you know how in like, I don't know if you guys in junior high that you had to take dancing. Oh, we had to take, like, there was a gym thing where you had to learn how to couples dance. We did that in elementary school. Yeah, this we did it in junior high. Like, when all of, obviously, great time, right? All the male hormones are just jumping out, and they're like, I'm touching a girl. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You didn't need a spank bang back then. I was like, I was actually touching women, and to me, I was like, auto, like, it was hot. Um, But. Yeah, she was probably, I'm working with Corey, the first girl I dated, and it was just this, always, I remember, here's the deal, the first time she broke up with me when she found out that I made out with Amber, um, which is, by the way, the first and last time I've ever cheated on anybody, because it was so fucking horrendous emotionally. For you? Yeah, that I was like, never again. It was the greatest lesson I ever learned. That's fair. And I learned it very young, and I'm very glad I did, because she was like, fuck you, I'm out. And she didn't talk to me for months. And I was like, all right, I learned a valuable lesson here. Um, which is why I always tell you, like, I, I've broken up with people before because I'm like, I want to make out with this person or I want to, like, see if there's anything with this person sexually. So, <laughs> obviously, I'm not going to see this person no more. But that wasn't the case with Amber. Amber lured me in with her lust and her devilish. 
No, no, she was a brunette. And honestly, I wasn't that attracted to her. It was, here was the thing. And this is part of my, I think I owe Amber an apology, maybe. To me, it was more of Corinne didn't come or Corey didn't come, right? So I got to make out with somebody. Like, I, I, came, I came skating tonight to make out, damn it. No, I'm telling you, like, I was a terrible human, and I'm just recognizing it, like, yeah. that's a shit move. To both girls, yeah. Yeah, to, exactly, to both girls. Because Amber was never, like, a... All right, I got to pause. Okay. You
15 more minutes because there's not. Well, I just have two more big questions. So one, I, I'm switching it up a little bit. We're going to save TV shows. We're going to do that pop culture section for another day. Yeah. Um, we're going to do, now I'm going into who's your, or who's your first love, not your greatest love. That'd be awkward. <laughs> do you like Debbie? Hands down. Um, and then... All right, that was a, whew, that was the most, the most uh, I mean. Catch your breath. Whew. Gordy wants to play. There, there's almost a, uh, another, I about had my third or fourth that time I pooped myself story. <laughs> which everyone loves those. All right, so real quick before we get to the next question, I want to finish up with just Amber. Amber, probably a super nice person. I have no clue what she's doing these days. I know that she had some interesting, like, ties throughout, like, through high school even, uh, because she ended up coming to my high school out of nowhere, which caused all kinds of drama. But, uh, yeah, she she just happened to be there, and she was into me, and that's pretty much all it took at that time because I was, you know, had no self-esteem or, you know, I just wanted someone to want me. When, because I don't know, I, I don't know how to approach this. But when do you think you first like really started getting into women? Because you've mentioned things to me from a pretty young age. Well, I mean, my first boyfriend broke up with me, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna try girls." No, okay, that was smart ass. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't really women; it was sexuality. Like I was into sex at a very young age. Uh, you know, started masturbating super young. Uh, sex has like always been a very powerful motivator for me. Um, on some levels, probably unhealthy, unhealthy ways, but yeah. And I'm, I'm, I mean, like I'm talking now, Trevor, Kaylee, close your ears. Most of you can't remember this, but like I'm talking back in the days when like porn was like little, like twitches on HBO where you couldn't, didn't actually have HBO, so the screen was all scrambled. I'm like, oh, I see a nipple, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can jack off to that. Or <laughs> I'm talking, or like music videos. Oh god, my spank bank was enormous, and I just whipped it out whenever I wanted. Like, I was a hypersexual youth, and obviously being married to me, uh, I pretty much has never <laughs> changed. Yeah. No. Okay, so I'm going to switch up my last two questions. I have two questions, right. but they're kind of big questions. Let's finish up with these last two. Yeah, we're going to finish up. But uh, So my question is, we talked about your first crush. Yeah. But because you were so sexually driven at a young age, who else did you have a crush on? Like teachers, movie stars, singers, or even A couple people. Else? There was this girl, Laura, who I kind of had a crush on all the way through school. We went to school, kind of came up. Pretty much from junior high all the way through high school. We took a lot of classes together. Uh, there's this girl, Jessica, I had a huge crush on. Again, I was always into people who were intelligent. And uh, at least I thought was intelligent. And it seemed like they had a goal, like a path in life. Uh, teachers, Miss Basu, high school English. 
Now, word on the street is that she may or may not have done a little dancing to get herself yeah. through law school. Because I think she was going for like a law degree while. Uh, and I don't know how true that is. But I can tell you, if she was, it would work. Like, Miss Bossy was hot. I remember sometimes, okay, going into creeper mode here. But sometimes I remember when, because think, think about this. I'm like ninth, 10th grade, right, in high school. Horny as fuck always. Like, just, it was bad. And Miss Basu occasionally would, like, cross her legs and recross them. And maybe you get a glimpse of those little flower underwear. Whew. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. And I could turn that into, like, a whole scene. Like, we're on the beach. Now it's a flower uh, bathing suit. And just my mind could run miles for days. I can imagine. But yeah, and that was, that was kind of it. Um, I, like I said, I crushed hard. Like I was always interested in being with somebody. I didn't like being by myself. I didn't like not dating. Even though, you know, you feel like you're, those dating years from like the beginning of junior high, honestly, through probably to like your junior year in high school, were really, for me, I always saw those as just like, trial and error things like trying to get like physical had really nothing about getting to know people, which is probably why I haven't have the best track record with relationships. Well, if you crush hard, let's go a level deeper. Who was the first person you fell in love with? This is a little weird, you know, so it's, you keep saying that it's weird, but it's not weird for me. It is weird for me because, well, I mean, Kaylee, it's your mom. Uh, and then obviously it's somebody who has had a huge impact on my life to this day. Um, but yeah, it was, it was Debbie. Um, so the way I remember meeting her and I'm sure Nikki might have something to do it. See, this is good. Nikki, this is all Nikki. So I remember we had a catwalk. So we had what was called the freshman building at school. And... I was going, and then you had the senior building. So, and you kind of had classes on both sides. And I remember one day I was walking across the catwalk and I saw Nikki with this girl. And I thought this girl was attractive. I'm not going to lie. She had super long hair. She wore a dress. Turned out that was part of her religion. So she had to wear dresses all the time. And for whatever reason, I thought that was super hot, like super feminine, super hot. And didn't wear any makeup. Um, just, I was into it and it wasn't like, Oh, like get to know her. And then we're dating all of a sudden. I think Nikki might have even said like, I think you guys should go out or something to that extent, but pretty much from that point on, we were boyfriend and girlfriend and we didn't really know each other from Adam, but I mean, obviously we exchanged numbers and we talked on the phone a lot. Uh, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. Uh, some of the great things about Debbie were she could very similar things. She could talk to anybody anytime. Like I remember one time I had this little geo Metro when we were dating, we had left school, you know, to go, you know, do what young kids do, uh, study. And that's what I thought. We went to Burger King and I had this little geo Metro that I was like, I wasn't, you're not going to believe this, but it wasn't very handy. And I didn't think to check the oil. So it ran completely out of oil, and the motor seized up. Well, the motor seizes up, and I've got to find a way to get Debbie back to school before the school day ends so she could catch her bus so nothing goes, you know, no one's on to anything. 
and uh, we're at Burger King. We go to Burger King, and you know we're eating, and Debbie just strikes up this conversation with this old guy who I think could have been a serial killer. We'll never know. Uh, but he gave us a ride to school. She chatted him right up, talked to him. Like, I think of qualities I hope you have, Kaylee, from your mom. I think that's one of them. Like, that ability to just be open and trusting and talk to people. Uh, but that was really attractive to me. Somewhat annoying at times because it made me very uncomfortable. Oh, I know that feeling. I was going to say, almost like I can only imagine that make you uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, but she had a good heart. She was really into church. She was uh, apostolic, I think. But like I said, they wore dresses all the time. So I would go to church with her. Matter of fact, after we got married, I'd played on the church softball team. Uh, I went to Florida and her and I still talked when I was in Florida and I decided, man, I really want to be with this girl. So I come back from Florida. It was just supposed to be a visit, right? And I'm hanging out with her. Matter of fact, we kind of dicked Butler over because I had Butler drop us off at a hotel. I think we were all supposed to hang out. And I was like, you know, me, horny Matt. I was like, I need to, you know, sow some wild oats. (laughs) And uh, sorry, I'm trying to fix my mic here. Yeah, we're good. All right. So what was I talking about? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we, were talking, we were talking about your first love. Oh, yes. Oh, and Debbie talking. Qualities that you wish Kaylee had. Yeah, so just her, Debbie's ability to talk to people, socialize, very bubbly, came in the room always smiling, always happy. Um. Yeah, it was awesome. So I came back from Florida, and I'm thinking I'm only going to be home for like a week, and I'm going to go back to Florida I had a great job back there. And I was like, all right, we're going to live in Florida. And I was like, I was going to come back. I was going to propose. My plan was she's going to move to Florida. She'll go to college in Florida. And, you know, we'll just, our life will grow from there. Uh, fast forward to I come home. She's down. I, we, you know, I asked her to marry me. She's down. You know, we talk about the plan. Everything's okay. When you graduate high school, you're going to come down to Florida, so forth, so on. Um, And then a couple days before I was supposed to go back to Florida, basically she told me if I went back to Florida, we couldn't be together. And it wasn't even a decision for me. I'm going to be honest. Like, okay, here we go. You left everything behind in Florida, didn't you? Have you, you met me? back for any? No. Uh. I had to send, matter of fact, I used my step-grandpa's suitcases when I came, and I had to send those back to him, and which was awkward because I literally left. I parked my car at his house. It could still be there today because I didn't really talk to him much after I was, as you can imagine, none too happy with me. He and my Uncle Mark had helped me get my job. I just said, boop, YOLO. I had just furnished my apartment, left it all there. Um, didn't care. Like, this is young love, you know, you just, you're not thinking about any of that. You're thinking, this is who I need to be with. This is who I'm meant to be with, right? Unfortunately, uh, through, uh, you know, 
a million different things on both of our sides. Uh, me, I was definitely probably the worst human I'd ever been in my entire life for the two following years after that, right? She gets ends up getting pregnant with Kaylee, which was very scary. Um, and I was just to where, here's the deal, you know, like I've had blowups. Yeah. Think about that every day because <laughs> I had no control of my emotions. Uh, I very much felt like I was like expected to stay home and entertain somebody like, and I didn't handle that well. <laughs> So I was the worst version of myself by far for like two years. You don't like being controlled in any way. Like you don't like being told what to do or you don't like having really heavy expectations on you. I don't think. Yeah, I I don't. I don't. I would love just to cruise through life. Enjoy like experiences. I want to be good at something. But like I want to be happy at what I'm doing. You want it to be on your terms. Absolutely. Uh, and none of this was happening on my terms. Like it was all like, this is just it now. And I did not handle that well. And that calls for a, a very ugly separation slash divorce. Uh, one, I probably could have saved, uh, two things happened. Uh, there was a, I don't know if you ever watched, I know a lot of people watch friends, Ross and, uh, Rachel, Rachel like they always talk about the break. And whether or not Ross had cheated. Uh, well, there was a break. Like, we weren't living together. I had met the person who re- I told you reached out to me. Uh, and I wanted to pursue that, even though technically I was still married. But we weren't living together. Like, it was it was over. Uh, and at that time, Deb had wanted to really try to make things work, and I just wasn't hearing it. And it just kind of went downhill from there. And fast forward 21 years, and Kaylee, I'm still trying to, chat with you and uh I have a lot of regrets about that situation um because I know that Debbie didn't get what she deserved from me and obviously with my relationship with Kaylee you know kind of being non-existent and just I never wish anything bad on Debbie like that took me a long time to say because I think she went from being my first love probably my first person I would have said I hated. Um, and that was immaturity on my part. Like I had to really through therapy the last few years and realize that I don't hate Debbie. I honestly have a ton of respect for her. Uh, she gave Kaylee a great life from what I could tell. Uh, and Kaylee seems to be very capable of taking care of herself. I really just want the best for Deb. And I had always have, you know, I still have this dream of us all getting along and all being on the same page and sharing dinners together and sharing, you know, stories about our kids. They're always welcome. Yeah. If the door's always open, if they're ever interested. Yeah. And I would never tell them, no, Kaylee, I want you to know that I would never tell you no, never tell your mom, no, like my house is open to you. And I think that's something you and I have talked about for a long time. Just like how important that is to me. Like, I have no ill will toward Deb. I wish things could have went a lot differently. Um, I wish we could even communicate. Even if like, if she came to me today and said, Hey, what do you think about doing some therapy together? I would actually be a hundred percent open for it because I think that I really believe that our relationship is going to be key to my relationship with Kaylee, which is fine. 
But like, if I can fix both of those, then I'm going to die a much happier person because I think there's a lot of anger and a lot of hate and a lot of frustration, not hate, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, not hate, sadness and frustration between all of us. I think if we could get into a room in a safe spot and talk some things out, just it would be better for all of our lives, I think. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, wow, that was pretty intense. I could probably go more on that, but that's uh, it's like bringing up some feelings. Yeah, I can tell. What's uh, what's it from your perspective? Like hearing me talk like that about another human. Um, sometimes it makes me sad, but like I know, like I know, I know how important. Kaylee is to you and you know I have a relationship with well I had a relationship with Sean um for Trevor's sake you know same situation you know estranged father I guess uh until he cut the relationship off so like I understand that like there's a reason to keep in touch and like we've talked about like it's you know Kaylee and Debbie alike are welcome in our home as long as it can be peaceful and um you know we just we have a lot of love to give and I know I know you loved before me so it's not like awkward but you know yeah it's sometimes it's sometimes I get jealous no it's fair it's like I said that's why it was awkward for me because I had like I could easily go it was like the worst thing ever happened to me right but that wouldn't be honest that wouldn't be true like yeah I did It it wasn't always bad no it wasn't always bad there was a lot of fun times like yeah, I think a good way to end this show is just saying, like, I will always wish that Debbie could see and know Matt Pierce today because I think she only sees me as the asshole Matt version. We'll say the 19 to 21 version. And I think if she could see the guy I am today, not only would she really want me in Kaylee's life, but I think we would be on much better footing. So, all right, honey, I think we, we're going to call that another one. All right, thank you, everybody, honey. Thank you for, like, being the the question asker, the host, the pull shit out of me. You're welcome. And uh, thank everybody for listening. Again, share this. Send questions. I want to hear them. I love the feedback. We will talk to you guys next time. Hi, guys. Oh, I'm going to pee again. I think he cut that part out. <laughs> Hi, baby. Oh, it's that fucking Matola zone. A booster. That's right. A booster. Want to in here? We're out there. Uh, take it out there. Do we want to get a little high? Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want to do next? Do you want to get high and play some Mexican train, or do you need to sit in your chair for a while? Uh, we can play Mexican one. train. We can play a Mexican train. I yeah. I don't. Trevor won't be home for two hours, and I don't it's know if he'll play.